Each Sunday night, I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of practice. With your host, Keith Varney. Mike Indeglio. Woo! Way back in high school, most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo, what could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. We're sorry for last week. You know, Keith, I, I, I have no idea what you might be talking about. <laughs> and welcome to the Out of Practice podcast, a weekly podcast in which I, Keith, and that guy, Mike, discuss David E. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice this week, we are up to Season 5, Episode 17, What Child Is This? We are done with crossovers. Whew. Some of them go well, some of them are were last week, but we uh, we are now in the home stretch of the practice. There are no more crossovers. The entire run of the series wow, probably they learned their lesson. I, th- I think because they learned their lesson, perhaps David E. Kelly's agent got involved or they were like, let's not do that again. Uh, so we are just here, just rocketing through the end of season five of The Practice. How's it going, Mike? It's good. I, I want to assure our listeners, our dear, devoted listeners, that though mm. David E. Kelly and their company may have learned their lesson, we have not, uh, nor do we ever intend to. So... If you think that was the last bad idea we had last week, you are <laughs> you are sadly mistaken. We have plans. Uh, well, I don't I don't know that we have plans, but we I, will I, have plans. We're at about uh, episode 104 of a bad idea. Yeah. So well, yes, that is true. We're committing to it. Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We're nothing if not committed. <laughs> I'll we say that. Perhaps should be. Oh my goodness! So how's the week been? It's been pretty, you know. We had the inauguration. How we fun did. was that? I was gonna say I I slept so soundly a few nights ago for the first time in what feels like four years. Uh, yeah. The, the honor it was great, man. I have to tell you, look. No, no caveat needed. You know that we wear our political uh, leanings on our sleeve, but I. Uh, we were texting a bit. I cried a lot, man. I, I think it was a lot yeah. of just relief being felt. Yeah. Uh, and it yeah. was also beautiful. I, look, for a second, I'll be apolitical. Regardless of your affiliation, regardless of what you think of any politician or political party, one thing I think is objectively clear, during this pandemic period, the people that the Democratic, the 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 DNC hired to sort of create their political theater, be it the convention or the inauguration, were clearly more skilled than those on the other side of the aisle. 
you can tell by the inauguration and by the by the conventions it's the the democrats honed how to do political theater i thought the inauguration from the beginning of the day to the end was just so well put together beautiful diverse voices the imagery they really sold well i mean there are people who will disagree but i think they really sold the ideas of unity and of trying to refoster that american pride national national pride which you and i have our issues with in general but I thought that there was a much more a sense of unity and one America than if you juxtapose that with the inaugural four years ago. Well, th- there was a sense of uh, wanting it to be not democratic, but a small d democratic. Like, oh, oh, right, we're a democracy. Right. right. Oh, I forgot. You know, and in terms of the stagecraft and the talent level, it, it's just because they have access to talent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah. like... Uh, the reason that uh, Trump didn't have better people performing is because nobody would. And so you ended up with, you know, some racist country star and the third runner up in America's Got Talent in 2006, because that's all who was willing to uh, to be a part of it. So uh, they do have some structural advantages. <laughs> so uh, but yeah, I, I definitely was was delighted. I uh Went out for the first time in my life, planted an American flag on the front of our house at the at the moment that uh, you know the power switched over. I was very excited to do that, and I, I it's you know because the flag has been has been co opted as a symbol of not our country but of a political party within our country, and I was happy to sort of take that back just a hair. So when I drive um, to my brother's house, uh, he lives maybe twenty minutes from here. There, you know, I go through. It's really interesting where the place in Pennsylvania I live. It's it's really evenly, pretty evenly divided between really hardcore conservatives and some uh, liberal leaning folks. And I saw a lot of the Biden Harris people who I've become familiar with on my drive uh, switch from the Biden Harris flags back to an American flag, and a ton, not a ton, a, a good handful of people who were proud Trump. Pence flag flyers switching from Trump Pence flags to no joke Trump flags with Pence spray painted out. That's yep. a real thing. Yep that uh, that makes that all makes perfect sense. Uh, but I I have certainly enjoyed very much the last few days of hearing nothing from him. I will say, so yes, it has been nice. I will also say, just lastly, we'll, maybe we'll cap it with this. Also, what came out of the inaugural is one of the great internet memes of 2021 already, the Bernie Sanders uh, sitting with the mittens. I, I, I don't believe- understand. 1% of my hands were not covered by the mittens. 99% of my hands were covered and warm and toasty warm. We were no, uh, we were not strangers to it. We posted our own Uh Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But subsequently, I believe it's jumped the shark a little bit for me. I'm I'm, I'm a little overseeing it, but I, I've never seen a meme jump the shark as fast as the Bernie yeah. meme did. That and just ex- melted the internet. Yeah, really fast. Uh, but anyway, listen, we've said it before. We'll say it again. Uh, on a, we try to like not talk our politics too much. Uh, and we kind of do every single week. We do. But <laughs> all of that said, in in this in in the event in the spirit of said unity. Uh, I want to reiterate that we really do, this really is about watching the show and loving our, our our listeners and stuff. And everybody is welcome from from 
except if you were in the Capitol. If you stormed the Capitol building, you're not particularly invited to the show. I think we can agree on that, Keith. Oh, uh, the way I would say it is go fuck yourself and burn in hell. But you're slightly more diplomatic than I am. Slightly, he says. Um, All right, well, uh, you know, in, in to pay penance of last week, I feel like we'll keep a pretty, let's do a pretty straight show this week. And uh, yeah, well, I'm going to I'm going to do our straight show by immediately interrupting it and shilling something that I did. That's right. So uh, this week, now that I finally uh, been home and had time to sort of finish up on some projects, uh, my older brother, Sean, and I have finished a, a fake children's book. That is a spinoff from our other podcast, Wisdom of One, which is our Dungeons and Dragons podcast. And uh, there was one episode where he asked uh, my Scott and I to come up with a fable from the point of view of our character that we're playing. And of course, my character is a nihilistic narcissist uh, <laughs> named Skankross. So he wrote the story, uh, The Farmer and the Two-Faced Lord. And so we, uh, my older, Sean, is an artist. And so we collaborated and built our own uh, fake children's book with a uh, twisted, nihilistic, upsetting ending. Uh, so it's it's not for kids. <laughs> Amazing. But uh, it is now available on the Amazons in, uh, in paperback or on your Kindles. So we'll put the link in the show notes, or Michael put the link in the show notes. Uh, go check it out. Go get our silly book. Um, Sean is a really tremendous artist, and it was really fun to work together on it. I did the color, and he did the ink. Keith, and we gotta was, do. Uh, we gotta do. Since we're doing it, uh, we gotta yeah. do a reading rainbow of the first page. Oh, okay. Um, well, it's it's really not that uh, that not that exciting because the first page is. Uh, Once upon a time, there was an honest farmer who worked hard to provide for his family by working for the local lord. Okay, so now there you go, folks. We teed it up. I'm sure you're dying to know what happens next. Oh, (laughs) I I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, that's so exciting. But yeah, no, check it out. The the Farmer and the Two-Faced Lord by uh, me and my brother, Sean. Check it out on Amazon. It's a really good... Uh, like paperback to put next to the toilet. Your guests will enjoy reading it. This just in, I predict that book sells twice to three times as many copies as your actual novels. <laughs> I know. Great. Fine. By, by all means. Uh, yep, that's not cause... pejorative, buddy. That I'm just telling you that's the way it's going to work out for you. Oh, uh, well, I'm I'm happy to. I mean, and, and this is the part that that got me was this like 32-page children's book. Now, of course, there's a lot of work when you're doing all the illustrations, but like, uh, I get the same royalty on on this as I do on the like 400-page novels. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what am I doing? I have exactly. been doing this the hard way. Well, dude, look at Colbert and 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 John Stewart and all the like daily sh- all the 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 punditry or the comedic I have punditry two of them people back there actually. Yeah, they they started writing novels, right? And then subsequent to that first novel, it all became children's books. Yeah, I, it, it's it's so much more fun. It's well, I mean, it's not not to be to be fair. I really loved writing uh, my novels, and they're super fun. And check them out: The Dead Circle on Amazon. They both uh, be in the show but. But yeah, they're they're a lot of work. They're a lot more work. Uh, so anyway, check it out. Uh, pick up a copy. You'll enjoy uh, reading it on the crapper. So let us move forward into our show with. Final- 
Well, folks, uh, we put out a weird and upsetting episode last week, and we got some weird and upsetting feedback. We did. It was actually great. Um, so last week, uh, if you missed it, that was wise. We did a yeah, that was a good uh, call. Good call on your part. Basically, a dramatic improv reading of the crossover on uh, Gideon's Crossing, the Flashpoint episode, available nowhere. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, we heard uh, from lots of people online saying, what the hell was that? Including our new friend Robin Scannell, who said, after watching the most recent podcast episode, I see why they canceled Gideon's Crossing. It's very meta. <laughs> Snaps for that. Snaps for I, that. I think, we, I think we got a show re-canceled. I don't know if it's possible to. <laughs> Someone somewhere was like, you know what? Maybe we should probably just release the streaming rights to Gideon's Crossing. And then our podcast dropped, and they were like, you know what? I've thought about it. Burn it, it with di- fire. <laughs> Burn it with fire. <laughs> <laughs> I had to spend the whole, not the whole week, but like a good couple of days. She's in the other room, so I don't like Jen kept going, no, I think it's funny. I think it's funny. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah great. It was great, Jen. You were great. No, she was great. She, she was, was fantastic. Yes. No, no, no. <laughs> She stayed like, committed the whole time. About 20 minutes in, I, I actively checked out and was like, I'm not into this. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 no, no, no. Yeah, she was like a professional and like crushing it and being funny. And we were like, this is not, this is not a good idea. We we're like, I had to say for like 10 minutes. I'm like, well, this was a mistake. Well, I'll, Keith, so I'm going to tell it. you, I'm going to tell you where you shot yourself in the foot for me there. Uh, mm. See, I've just come to expect because of your previous oeuvre your body of work mm, that mm. Uh, you just- I'd be prepared. Well, when you pitched the idea to me, what I, sus- what I, what I really thought, and this is 100% believed in my heart had happened, and I was blown away, I was like, I can't believe this, is that you took that summary and had turned it into a screenplay that we were just going to read as characters. That would have made, that would have been much better if I'd done that. Because when you were like, oh, Jen's gonna play Eleanor, my brain went, oh, he's turned it into an actual screenplay. So no, then no, when in not. the moment when it was just like, here's this clump of text, make it <laughs> characters and intelligible, it was it became daunting very fast. I think there were some no, moments. That, there were moments. No, that that was my no, and that that was my mistake. I I was definitely I, I was a little uh I, I could have could have prepared a little harder for that. Well, whatever. No, uh, we should just not have done it. Like we should have just been doing this week, last week. But you know what? It was fun. It was weird. Whatever. It's like we've like sometimes like we go off on a on a wild tangent and it's not funny. But like, hey, you know what? That's that's what happens. We we just talk, and that that's what happened for like an hour. Uh, Thank you to those who listened through the whole, who like endured it. We appreciate you. Uh, We're so sorry. Yeah. Uh, Very good people. We love you. You're great people. You're amazing people. I tweet about it, but I can't. Uh, speak, uh, I have to. Sorry, I'm 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 doing I'm derailing again. Oh, uh, you know, you just said we're gonna go tight, whatever. We have football coming you, on in like 90 minutes. Once again, CEO Jen. Yes, yeah, so if you see me and Keith starting to go like this, you know we started watching football. Also, uh, <laughs> CEO Jen. God love her. God love her. What a sweet person. She uh, during the inaugural. She texts me when all, you know, they have all the old presidents come out. Well, most right. of the former presidents come out. And she's like, ooh, we should clip just that bit and Keith can do all their voices. And I was like, oh God, 
you love the show. <laughs> You're the one person <laughs> who loves the show. <laughs> That's true. I could. Yes. Yes. Well, and I, I'm still trying to work on my Biden. It's not. It's not ready yet. But I'm Stephen Colbert's is his is so funny, man. Does he have a good Biden? Oh, that's good. No, but his well, caricature folks. of the Biden is good. Right. Well, and that's and that's what you really have to do when you have somebody with without a lot of like idiosyncratic quirks is that you have to find an angle personality wise and lead into it. Whatever. Whatever. We're moving right. forward. Yes, we are, Mike. We're moving forward. Uh, moderator Phoenix Cage. Speaking of, uh, in a similar theme, quoted me saying, uh, if this is my pilot for Gideon's Crossing, I don't know why I watch episode two. And he says, well, Keith, as it happens, I recently saw the actual pilot for Gideon's Crossing, and I'm pretty sure no one watched episode two. Months ago, while I was helping you look for this episode, so many people did, I found the full pilot on YouTube, and being a fan of Andre Brower, I decided to sit and watch it. Uh... Yeah, so, and it was it, it was not good. Um, he also says, fun fact from the future. CEO Jen gets the dubious distinction of having been on both the most and least watched episodes of this podcast. That is probably Snaps. true. That made uh, me audibly laugh out loud when he wrote that. <laughs> and he also, uh, Dr. Cage, uh, talks about, Mike, the head rush experience you described. And this is, this is, the little the one little nugget, one little gem that we got from this episode is the story of how you ended up passed out on the floor of your bathroom with your manhood in your hand. Uh, he says, Mike, the head rush experience you described is called the orthostatic hypotension. It happens when you stand up and it can be exacerbated by low blood pressure and or overheating. Oh, I said it right. Oh, good. Because I was like, I was cold reading that. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> orthostatic. <laughs> Fuck. I made a guess. I think I was right. Uh, yeah, and I, I was uh, I was gonna chime in, but I'll just say it here. I've had the same thing mm-hmm. actually, where you especially as I you get older, sit down for a long time, and then your blood is in your legs, and you stand up really quick. I've I had that happen a couple of times when I was a kid, actually, and I remember I was uh, we were watching The Lost Boys. Remember that old like vampire movie? Uh, it's and one of Jen's favorite movies. Oh, I you know, I have not seen it since this. I never actually saw the whole thing, but I was it, we were in the basement with my brothers watching it as, and I felt sick. And so I jumped up and tr- and was hit, like running up the stairs because I thought I was going to barf and I totally passed out while I was running up the stairs and like fell down the stairs with my head hitting every step boom, 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 all the way to the bottom and like woke up on the floor upstairs just like exactly like the movie where you're like seeing people leaning over you it was really it's funny so i've actually had that happen before i i uh, will leave it here but <clears throat> the one thing I, I i don't go to the doctor very often insurance is a tricky beast for me in as a freelancer and uh i find it interesting you know the few times I've checked my blood pressure in past years, it's a bit on the higher side, which isn't surprising. It's I, my family, high blood pressure runs in our family, but it's generally mm. after I drink coffee that I take my blood pressure, which I find is is leads to pretty inaccurate readings. But I've actually often thought I suffer from chronically low blood pressure because of these head rush incidents I have, mm. which is something that Phoenix mentions in his comments as well. So uh, hopefully uh, the universe conspires to get me to the doctor soon so that I can kind of sort all that that out. But thanks for your concern, Phoenix. I do appreciate it. Thank you, doctor. Okay. 
It is now time to hop back into the time machine. Back 19 years ago to March 18th, the year 2001, and ask everyone's favorite question, what was going on? This day in the basement. Oh, you're doing the graphics live? How fancy. We'll do it live. Uh, do it live. Live. <clears throat> that was interesting grit I was able to achieve there. Mm, mm, that's probably good. Uh, so what's the, the date? March what? March 18th, the year 2001. So I, I'll be brief. I'll let you jump to your more fun stuff because mine's a little, um, it's getting, it's getting, it's getting sad. So, you know, yeah. my dad, he had cancer and heart disease and bypass, quadruple bypass surgery and all these things. And he just got better and better and better. He, he, he bounced back. He was like a Superman, this guy. And he had been recovering from some things in the nursing homes and whatnot, but there was a period of time in this this March here uh, where he came home. We had him at home, and uh, it was nice to have him home, if not incredibly stressful. As you know, I was working at the bread company and then coaching crew, and my brother was uh, j- just home from, from, from school and teaching, and every, it was a very stressful time. My sister was still in high school, so she was in her senior year of high school dealing with all this bullshit. Mm. And my brother and I were like superheroes attempting to take my dad he had you know he had been a lifelong uh, type 2 diabetic and was on multiple shots of insulin every day which we were trying to relegate with all this regulate with all this other crap going on and his kidneys were just giving out on him which is hmm. typical for diabetics in the long run it's it's it is a fatal disease really in the long run and He's actively having renal failure, and we were trying every day to get him to dialysis twice a day, in the morning to the hospital, oh in the night at the hospital, and we couldn't all, we needed both of us, and sometimes our third person, he would sometimes come from his job to help us get my dad to dialysis, it was really just, he's like another brother to us, thank you, and this one time, I'll never forget, around this period of time, uh, I had, we had to take him, I had to take him by myself, get him into the car, out of the car, with his, the wheelchair, the whole thing, and he just slipped, right? Oh. And sh- like his, he was in such bad shape at the time that like his forearm, his wrist, like this bone here, just shattered, just like disintegrated oh. into dust. And of course, you know, he was in a pretty grumpy place, so he laid that on me and my uh, grandfather, uh, who was actually actively terrible at the time, but he was going through his, watching his son get very sick, so I, I give him some grace let me have it about that. And and it became clear to us that we weren't going to be able to um, do this, right? Like that this wasn't a tenable situation and a sustainable situation. And so, so at this point, we're having the, we're trying to do it like many Americans, like many people trying to figure out, okay, we're not wealthy enough to really like have a full-time nurse. We're not wealthy enough right. to like have my nor would my father ever allow himself to be put into any sort of like a a, a retirement home Assisted or anything living. like that. Yeah. yeah. So we end, you know, but yet we're in a situation where something has to give, right? And so it was, you know, very early on an experience uh, for me of realizing that, you know, f- regardless of what political party is holding office, uh, being middle class or lower middle class is is not the american dream (laughs) it is 
there isn't a lot of assistance and if and what assistance there is you have to work and fight for uh if you hold any sort of employment my dad was a, was a, he owned a company it, that doesn't mean anything it doesn't save you uh and so we were going through it and it was the first time in my life where i had to to realize my privilege and that my parents had sort of sheltered me and taken care of me my whole life. And like, once it becomes my job to take care of myself and my family, uh, it's a challenge. So that's where we are. Uh, the next, I, spoiler alert, the next few weeks are gonna be a little grim. And, uh, you know, uh, we've only got two months left before we get to to, her, to my dad passing away. So hmm. that's the cheery, this day in the basement from my end. No, Keith, but it's make but it it, it's it's what it's what you were going through, and yeah. and I think it's it's still important, still important to uh, you know to to talk about and and the the difficulties that you faced and the sort of uh, battling the system, battling fate, battling all of these things that things that are just way more difficult than ought to be, having to being forced to make decisions that are there are no good options you know, and, and before and, you're really ready to make those decisions and in interesting too looking back in therapy and and talking about it now you know an interesting dynamic as well i don't i don't know how how prevalent it is these days uh luckily these days i think uh alternative family dynamics are more normal but mm -hmm. I grew up in a very, very traditional dynamic, power dynamic. My father lorded over the family, made the decisions, and that was kind of that. Uh, but then once you remove that figurehead, or or let's let's say that 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 power dynamic is disrupted because he's incapacitated mentally and physically, it yeah. it created a lot of issues because my mom was was being forced into a. She would had always been sort of I don't want to say oppressed, but she was more in service to my father, her, her sort of existence and us. Right. And she was having to do all these things. And yet my dad was still trying to uh, exhibit some sort of control that he really didn't have. And my brother and I were being asked to step up into a place that we really, my brother handled it much better than I did. And he faced the repercussions of that much later mental, like mm. uh, yeah, sure. psychologically, I was sort of dealt with it in the moment much more. Not dealt with it. It suffered from it in the moment much more. Right. Uh, and my sister you buried it less. Yeah, my sister was just trying to be in high school. Poor, you know, and really, that really sucks. Uh, so it was, it was a lot of a confluence of a lot of interesting things that that, understandably, but unfortunately, I haven't really been able to wrestle with and and try attempt to comprehend until twenty some years later. Yeah. Well, and and I think I would imagine that the your understanding of all of that is continually changing, and your experience of it, like it's it, it's such a formational experience that like it's you know you're gonna wrestle with that forever, probably. I think yeah, as, and, as and it's it, to me do. as we've talked about on the pod many times, the thing that that blows my mind the most, but also isn't very understandable, is that in the moment it think it feels so enormous that it's like this will be all consuming for the rest of my life. Two, mm. cut to only 20 years later here, I it's I can barely piece it together. I can barely yeah. remember the pieces outside of like mm. a book I read a long time ago. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, as I can, I think I can speak for all of us who are listening that we're very sorry that you had to go through all of that. And, uh, well, you know, I, I know that the next few weeks as we discuss this are probably going to be difficult, but, uh, but I'm here with you and yeah, I think man. everyone else is too. Appreciate that. It's, you know, we all, yeah. it's, everybody's has those moments in their lives. So like, yeah, I'll, we'll just, you know, I'm just going to talk about mine now. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and, and, uh, and I, I certainly appreciate, uh, being a part of uh, being your confidant on that kind of stuff, even if it's uh, here with us and everyone else in the entire universe. <laughs> Emotional moments with Keith are so rare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I'm dead inside. Oh, that's, not, that's not true. I'm not dead inside. I just... It, it's it's inside being crushed into, you know, like a piece of coal being crushed into a diamond. Uh because it, it only it only shows out it only shows up in my work. My my work is very emotional. I'm just, you know, guarded. I'll put it that way. All right. Well, moving forward to what's going on in my basement, nothing quite so tragic. A couple of things were happening this week. Uh one is actually uh, I I'm featuring both of my brothers today. Uh in the center of the top photo there, that is my younger brother who was just graduating from high school this year, uh, was on the uh, Vermont All-State or All-Star uh, hockey team. Yeah. And uh, he was a, is a tremendous, tremendous hockey player. And he would uh, go go on further to be to playing in juniors, uh, working his way all the way up to junior A. Then he played college, college hockey. Um, and uh, then, of course, we decided to become a, a scientist. Uh, but he is... I mean, what an unbelievably good hockey player. I mean, like, I, I think that if he had gone in that direction, he probably could have had a shot at going pro. So very, very cool. And the uh, other photo there, you will see uh, a whole bunch of snow and a Jeep driving through it. That is our driveway oh. that week in uh, in Vermont. And, of course... The, our driveways is about a third of a mile long, and we had to plow it ourselves, and so we had an old Jeep with a plow on it to do it. But by this time in the year, the snowbanks would get so big on either side. So if you can see from the picture, the snowbanks on either side of the road are halfway to three-quarters of the way up the, the, yeah. the height of the Jeep. So it would get very, very difficult to plow because you just push it and then it would fall right back onto the driveway. There was no ditch to throw it into. So uh, this was a, whenever we had huge storms um, in the blizzard in 93, I remember, and I think there's actually one coming up about maybe next year where we had to hand shovel <laughs> a third of a mile driveway because the Jeep could not, had nowhere to push the snow to. So uh before, not before global warming, early global warming, <laughs> Vermont was different. Uh, I wish we had that kind of snow now. Okay, it's now time. It's time for the Out of Practice Podcasts This Day in the World. The greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, Ooh. essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. 
Thank you, Eric. Let me introduce the top song here on March 18th, the year 2001. And that was, of course, Butterfly by Crazy Town, which I don't think I'd heard, but Jillian told me I'd heard it before. I just didn't remember. Oh, you're my butterfly. Sugar baby. Yeah. Yeah. The cover that Burns and Free Press talked about daunting days for UVM. Um, I don't, I didn't actually bother to look up exactly what was daunting about it, but uh, my father was still working at UVM at that point, U- University of Vermont in Burlington. The top movie was Exit Wounds, starring Steven Seagal and DMX. That was, I imagine, bad. You know, I've got to find it, Pete. Uh, my dad, he, his company did a bunch of like stucco and stuff, and he he did one. He did a job for Steven Seagal at one point, and so there's a black and white photograph of my dad, Steven Seagal, that says to Mike and Nick, Steven Seagal. He doesn't even like. <laughs> he just like got an inter- he got him to make an autograph real fast, and he didn't even like give us a an attribution. Uh, he was just like, my name is enough. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I gotta find that. I'm Steven Seagal. That's funny. Oh, God. My dad was obsessed with huh. Steven Seagal movies. Obsessed. Was he? Re- well, I mean, it. And this was like about the right time because he, mm-hmm. he had that little like under of his career, and uh, where he was like, oh, Steven Seagal. I can now, I can now officially at this moment in time name one Steven Seagal movie, and it's Exit Wounds, because oh, you well, just under said siege. it. Oh, well, well, under siege, under siege. How could you forget Under Siege? She, she pops out of the cake. That was a very seminal moment for us. Oh, that's oh, right. that movie? That's that movie. Oh, well, that's not... I didn't remember it for Steven Seagal. Let's say that. <laughs> Steven Seagal's amazing performance. I wore out that rewind button, though. <laughs> we all did. Okay, thank you very much, Crazy Town. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for sports. The Boston Hockey Bruins took down their mortal enemies, the Montreal Canadiens, 3-2 at the Molson Center. Sergei Samsonov scored two goals in the first. Byron Defoe outdueled Jose Theodore in net. The Flyers beat the Rangers 2-1. Dan Miguelis potted the game winner in the second. And Todd Fedoric fought Rich Pilar in the first. Sorry, man. I forgot to, to, to do it. All right, now. No. There's a lot of snow in Vermont. That's what the weather was. Yeah. All right. I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. And I'm not going to take this anymore. It's time to talk about the damn episode. Okay, folks. We are finally going to talk about the practice. Hey, what do you say? It is season five, episode 17, What Child Is This? It was written, of course, by David E. Kelly and Lynn E. Litt, who last wrote on the Gideon's crossover. It was directed by Steve Gomer, a first-time director on The Practice. Also, you would know him for directing The Guardian, Joan of Arcadia, Veronica Mars, The Unit. He also won the Grand Jury Prize at Sundance in 1993 for a movie called Fly By Night. And that brings us to the last thing we do, and that is... Yeah, I'm going to have to ask you a question. 
What's uh, your once problem? we get past this Is exceedingly this what long to women when you insert your with penis? tag. What? What? What does Mike think's gonna happen? You know, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? First of all, let's get off. Eleanor has to have the baby today. Like, she's had every medical drama. Her appendix burst, well, almost burst. She had an emphalobulgation, whatever those words we were saying last week was. <laughs> it's really hard to pay attention to the actual <laughs> plot line while I was trying to read it. What the hell happened? Yeah. 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 Um, but all I do know is that she didn't have the baby. Uh, so mm-hmm, she's got to mm-hmm. have that baby. I mean, just have yeah, the baby she better have that all baby. of a sudden. Yeah. And th- my question question first is who's going to be with her because nobody seems to have the time of day for her right now except for jimmy who slept at the hospital except for jimmy yeah um okay so keith i need your help a little bit real quick before we get in i think this is okay uh, what the fuck Ooh, excuse me what, oh, um, oh, oh my dear golly me oh. <laughs> oh. What, what's what's happening wasn't there was a case that was happening <laughs> right like some lady and the dad they thought maybe he was sleeping with the daughter like said she the dad was sleeping with there's some sort of something hold on wait hold on I, i'm kind of enjoying you piecing this together the mom comes in she's an old on fr- the practice she's an old friend and the dad somebody's dead the, <laughs> somebody is dead i at this moment i'm gonna maybe it'll come to me i forget who's dead the sister there's a there's a dead daughter the stepdad, mm-hmm. the stepdad is accused of killing her because the the sister of the victim said that he was sleeping with the victim. The victim was actually saying she was sleeping with the victim. But, but, yes. she's, but she's dead now? She's, well, yeah, because the victim of murders typ- ty- oh, typically so, end up dead, yeah. Yes, oh, the sister saying that the dead sister had been claiming that, that she was sleeping with the stepdad. That's right. And you and I thought that the it was that maybe that the, the the mom was acting a little cold and that she was potentially like a black widow type. But with her. Yes, daughter. well, you and I and uh Bobby and company okay. were thinking that. So that's where we were. That's that's right. And the last thing that happened was they discovered uh semen on the body from the father. Okay, yes. It's all coming back to me now. Um, so, okay, so now I gotta make some swings because all of that is was just recap. Eleanor has the baby, that's a small swing. Big swings. It's not, it's not the mom. It's not the dad. It's the other sister. She killed her sister because she was having an affair with the dad. Ooh. So it's, wow. it's and uh, Bobby's going to. It's going to be an old school drama, old school mm-hmm. courtroom drama. Bobby's going to pull it out of her on the stand with the good old fashioned plan B, plan B. But this one's going to get like uh, all twelve Angry Men style. Like he's going to badger her, badger her. Finally, she's going to admit to have done the murder. Okay. And then we have a happy ending, and everybody's seeing Eleanor with her baby. Wow. Okay. Well, there it is, folks. We're going to find out how right Mike is now when you switch over to your podcasting service of choice. And we are going to talk through the episode proper. We will see you back here for the Oopsies. Season 5, 
episode 17. What child is this? Well done, well done. Thank you. Here's, here's dad looking pretty stoic. Bobby and Jimmy enter. Our own DNA test came back. It's your semen. If I had a nickel for every time I heard that. It's gotta be wrong. Is there any margin for error here? No. The odds that it came from somebody else are 17 million to one. So you're Going saying into a murder a trial, bad odds. It isn't mine. Raymond, you admit having an affair I with keep her. I telling you. That's not I my, I can't do it in Austin Powers. I wanted to do a that's not my semen in the oh, bag baby joke, last. but it can last. It clearly became that, she's taking became clear that my Austin Powers was, she was on the swim team for God's sake. Like some old man from Brooklyn. <laughs> That's that's okay. Do we need an Austin Powers reference? You you gonna do some like Borat for us? <laughs> nice. She was do you have any other like outdated catchphrases? Uh, all, right, all right. Not gonna do it. Read my lips. You Not my slept semen. With for more than a week. No. And she'd been swimming every day. Yes. Dana Carvey. Could they have planted it? <laughs> yeah. Police. How would they even get it? This isn't blood we're talking about. It's semen. Oh, but let's assume okay. for a second it could have been planted. Who had access to your... Prior to Fiona's death, when was the last time you had sex with your wife? You had to clarify that. A day or two before, maybe three. So we're thinking the wife planted it, maybe. Is it possible? The person we're your planning to plan B, so. planted your semen on Fiona. That's fucking nasty. If that the wife That's did that. That's grim. Are you asking me if it's possible Kate killed Fiona? Her own daughter. That's what I'm asking. Yeah, so yes, I would agree that that is uh, pretty nefarious to kill your own daughter. But almost equally as nefarious is how would you procure said semen? Just really, really think that through. Yeah, like she would have had to uh, to like trap it up in herself to then expel <laughs> thanks it for, into. Thanks for describing it specifically as if this we is what I'm saying we out. have to do, and then expe do and expelling it into some sort of container to hold it long enough <laughs> to then murder her daughter and then pour it on from the Tupperware out of this little Tupperware container of of Daddy's spooge we got. Oh no! You know, I think that really would be the perfect T-shirt for the podcast. It's just the logo on the front and on the back. It says "Pour that Daddy Spooge from that Tupperware." I would like it to. I would like to state for the record, I am not participating in this uh, tangent. Keith, <laughs> I want you to say "Daddy Spooge." <laughs> Don't leave me alone in this. <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, <clears throat> Mr. Smith at the FBI, I officially have nothing to do with this bit. <laughs> I'm, I am disavowing myself. Uh, Keith, uh, this is Doctor. Uh, this is Agent Smith from the FBI. We're not particularly concerned about the Daddy Spooge. What we are concerned about is last week's episode. What the hell was that? Uh, yes, no. Well, if if sucking at <laughs> podcasting is a criminal offense, we are guilty. I did it again. We're back to our old. <laughs> I paused it right at the but, right time. But here's the thing: like, if you watch the recap, which 
we, you, you didn't need to because Mike covered it. Sure they did. didn't even bother to mention Eleanor's story on Gideon's Crossing. Eleanor's like life oh, yeah. and death struggle. They didn't mention it in the recap. It's, it's as if it never happened. So we'll have never known how close Eleanor was to dying if I didn't watch the crossover. That's right. That's right. And and like they don't like David E. Kelly, I think, just disavowed the entire crossover. Also, like, I wonder what the timeline is because Jimmy seems to be back at work. So Eleanor's alone, I guess? At this well, we'll find out. You want to accuse her in open court. We're well, desperate. Wanna, we, we don't want to accuse her as much as just The prosecution is so plan confident B. they're not even offering yeah. murder to. They're not even charging it. They're going all the way. No parole because they know they've got Let's you. Let's go all the way. We need something to manufacture reasonable doubt. First of all, if my wife this is Tom Mason and is framed, uh, why would she? She's been at my side the whole time, participating in my defense. Well, she could just be playing her part so as not to draw suspicion to herself. Or she could be setting herself up as a witness for the defense, only to bury you once she gets up there. That's pretty conniving. We all know she's smart enough, and if she killed her own daughter, she is capable of anything. Trust me. Yes. Well, if somebody can fly and throw trains, they're capable of anything. And then when she testifies, we ambush her. Big if. Hope it flusters her enough to make her look at least possibly guilty. Uh, a not so subtle nod to maybe uh, our employed archivist or uh, whoever works down there. Is it Jorge, you working down in the? Are you still working down in the archives? I don't know if you're. You found a better gig it, yet? As our uh, official historian. I'm going to need a at least rough estimation of how many times we've planned bead on the practice. Oh, that's a good question. Because we, we sure seem to be this late in season five, once again, framing an entire episode around the practice of plan B. Of plan B. I, I would say the over under is like 10 and I yeah, take the lot. over. Is it become, has it become rote yet? I, I don't feel like it has, but it does feel like as a plot point, as a central plot point, it's becoming a little rote. Well, I think it's it's their like calling card. It's like it's the, the sticky bandits. That, it's the thing that they do, you yeah. know? And and so it's like, how are they gonna do it this time? I mean, on Star Trek, right? All you can do is shoot phases or photon torpedoes. Like you're not gonna like do something mm-hmm. weird every, you know, but how are you gonna do it? It's gonna be interesting who you're shooting at, why you're shooting at, how hard are you shooting, you know? How hard is he shooting? You know, the only person who knows is who's collecting that daddy spooch. That's the person who knows. Keith, by the way, I'm not letting you off the hook. Run the bumper. Pass. Run the Star Trek bumper. Uh, Keith. here I'm gonna. I'm no. I'm gonna. I'm going to run the appropriate uh-huh. bumper uh-huh. for what has happened this far. <laughs> Mike is thirsty. Get that Tupperware. Thirsty. You know, it sounds like when you take the top off. Uh, what if you're wrong? What if she's completely? <laughs> If we're wrong, we still might cast some suspicion that on her. That sound really was... That at least gives us a chance at reasonable doubt. <laughs> but obviously, for it to work, you can't tell. <laughs> it has to be a surprise so attack. It smell like pineapple in here. <laughs> oh, no. There's a big hole in your theory. What's that? Since this little discovery, she won't even talk to me. She says she won't testify for me. I'll get her there. What do you know? She's not and thrilled he's do? sleeping with her daughter. 
You accuse her of being the killer? We call it Plan B. <laughs> they said it. I love that they just called it out. This episode is you. going to say she made love to her husband to get a semen sample to plant on her own daughter who she killed. It's possible. Even if We've it is, never mentioned no before, jury is that green. That. And there's another problem. Her the name is on that retainer is agreement. Terrible. She signed it. She could be a client. I consulted Two of outside our ethics counsel for the purpose of this agreement. Didn't Lindsay do a makeover of the office? I guess they, she did, and they she wanted the to room? throw that green down. Green, the color of money from that asbestos case we never got to see. He's the client, not her. We don't have to protect her. Bobby, even if he didn't kill her, he's still a statutory rapist. Is this guy really worth putting our reputation on the line? Our reputation we saw last is that week. we will we do anything within the this. bounds of the law to win. And since when do I have to convince you of this? Well, maybe since I'm worried about making rent. Oh, please. I have to admit, this time, it seems Eugene's particularly still running the, uh, disgusting. Day -to -day, clearly. Wait a second. This woman could be the killer. She had motive and opportunity. How do we not go after her? Nice to see They're you, Lisa Kate. Conscious. Kate and Jenny, the other stepdaughter, Beck. I need for you to talk to her. Why? Because she knows something. Some bad blood between her mother and Fiona, something. She wouldn't tell me what. I need you to work it out of her. And remember, you can't tip her off that we're going after her mother. Read it and wait, baby. Unreconcile is not a word. The word is irreconcilable. Eleanor's Unreconcile is certainly Helen. a word. Look, I just get home from the hospital. All Let's I want to wanna play or not? Not if you're going to cheat. That's nice, Eleanor. I stay home to be with you, I'm and you call me I'm playing 44 consecutive. No, Helen, you stayed home ostensibly games of Scrabble to look after with my me to make sure right that this just in. This is the first appearance of Eleanor Frutt in PJs on the practice. Oh wow! I stay calm, not to try and beat We've me with non-existent words. The word, the word is true. irreconcile. Unreconcile would refer to accounting. Irreconcile, as in irreconcilable would refer to our relationship at the present moment. Zing. I don't know. I don't think you can unreconcile something even in Texas. I, I think I'm with Al an Eleanor on this one. Raymond tells me you two aren't really speaking. Gee. He claims you didn't kill her. This and it wouldn't Isabel be at all Hoffman like him to lie now, the, would uh, wife? Look, his trial starts tomorrow. If his semen had not been found on Fiona, you wouldn't believe that he killed her, right? But it was. I realize that, but I want you to testify. I need you to say prior to that semen being found, you didn't think that he was capable of violence. What good would that do him if I now think it he's guilty? It speaks to his character. It'll help me some, and I need whatever. I don't want to help him. Kate, when you first came in to hire me, you were convinced that your husband was being framed. Well, that was before they found his sperm on my daughter. All that means is that he slept with her. It doesn't mean that he killed her. Now, you said it yourself. Somebody could be taking advantage of this so-called affair to frame him. Well, I seriously doubt it. But it is possible. On that possibility that this is somebody framing him, I need you to testify. That from all you know about it's Raymond, tight you can see Bobby's him being on because the whole killer. plan is to plan beer, but he's got to convince her to testify. Yeah, and I also it also brings me back to I've also often said that they should 
replace when when people get married, they should replace the for better or worse from sickness and health with more specifics because this is one of those moments where if well, you're at the altar and they say for better or worse for in sickness and in health, if your husband happens to sleep with your stepdaughter and then you find out that someone possibly killed her using his semen and then substituted it to frame him, you'd probably be like, um. Uh, you know yeah, what? No, hard pass on that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go ahead and like consider this a little bit more than I thought. Yeah, that's it's a it's a non-financial prenup. <laughs> Kate, what if he is innocent? He's a rapist, far but he's on trial for and murder she's right. here. I mean, like I if she didn't kill her, I'm with the mother 100. percent You and Jenny. Fuck that guy. The jury needs to see that. You want to divorce him after? Do it. But for the purpose of this trial. I slept with my stepdaughter isn't particularly go away to prison for the rest of your life with no parole in my consideration there. Your mother once thought somebody with a grudge against you Yeah, but if you did, I'd be like, her. I don't oh, care yeah, if you killed her. Oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I want you to go and, to prison And uh, did he first life. go to my stepfather and ask to borrow some semen? It is possible This is Jeanette Brock's back as the daughter. had sex with Fiona sometime before she was killed. And then the semen... Can I just go? Um, you're, um... Your mother said she had some problems with Fiona, with some of the friends she kept. She said she even got into big arguments with Fiona over it. Is that true? Yes, let us say Lisa Gay, let us see Lisa Gay and Rebecca D lawyering. Let's see more of this. Listen to me and let's see more of this. Well, and let's let's so give Rebecca problems with Fiona. the most difficult she was a conversation. And a but I'm told she had some particular problems. Your mother and Fiona became quite estranged for a while, didn't they? Why do you have to drag Jenny in? I don't want her terrorized. She has knowledge of Fiona's estrangement with her mother. Dude, you're going I can down testify to that. Your word might seem a little self-serving, Raymond. Plus, juries don't tend to attach that much credibility to statutory rapists. You clearly don't care about the emotional well-being of your daughters. Sorry, but that's nothing compared to what you're in for tomorrow. We've also subpoenaed Elena Wharton, the woman you were having an affair with. Why? Well, as luck would have it, there's a portion of the murder night she was home alone with no alibi. What? You're going to accuse her too? No. The prosecution's second chair is a man we've been up against many times. Our fear is that he'll be looking for us to plan B somebody. He might try to tip that somebody off. Because of course we're they would. We're calling your ex-mistress as a red herring, hoping they think she's the one we plan to ambush. We can't have Kate getting any hint that this is coming. If she's ready for us, she's too smart. We'll fall flat on our faces, and you'll be doing life with no parole. What else? We thought about trying to deny the affair altogether. We've decided against it. There's a good chance that the jurors have already heard about all the suppressed statements. Also, we can't put you up there to lie, and we do think you will have to testify. You just keep denying that you killed her. The DA will come hard. You hold fast. You didn't kill her. Which is the truth. I mean, okay. is that stepping up to witness tampering? We'll see in court tomorrow. Telling him what to say? I guess not. If you are, Kate actually agreed to testify. Already said that's that a great I beat by Dylan I convinced her to just to see like through this trial. Internalize that. Duped her. Then it's... So we can ambush her on the stand? You can certainly direct us not to do it. Your choice.
That's another good beat there. Because Bobby's like, if you don't want us to plan be your wife, tell us not to. And then there's a beat of it silence there. It figures to be a lightning quick trial, probably two days. All the prosecution witnesses go to science and DNA. The big question is, will Raymond Littlefield testify in his own defense? And if he does, how will he explain his affair with the victim and the presence of his semen on the victim's body? You know, that's great sound design there, it, it, listening to this with cans. And I've said this before, so I'll make it quick, but you think about, and your brother, all those people who did sound mixing for television, or your uncle, excuse me. Um, both. <clears throat> both. You know, back in 2001, the, the percentage of people watching network television with headphones is probably infinitesimally Zero. Yeah. Yeah. So all of that excellent work is just kind of... <laughs> goes to offer not but luckily we're getting some no, of it now I, I was actually thinking about exactly that uh yesterday because i uh <clears throat> just got the new tv for the basement and the sound bar and uh it was just it was i got a cheap sound bar i didn't get the good one and so it's it's just stereo it's not like uh the atmos or anything like that and i was i threw on uh one of the star trek movies as a way to sort of test the like the subwoofer, that kind of stuff. And I remember that when that movie came out, and that was um, that was uh, the first next gen movie, Star Trek Generations. And we were so excited to go see it in the theaters, um, you know, because it was a Jim had had done the sound of design for it. And uh, in Burlington, Vermont, Jim was like, "It's like went to the theater. It's like, what the fuck is this sound?" Because the theater, most of the theaters there were mono, not even Jesus. six channel. We had to find one that was just stereo. And of course, he's designed this thing in full six channel audio. So you have, you know, the rumble from behind your, you know, behind your left ear and right above you and like all this huge sound design. And even in the movie theater at that point, it's much better now. Like he went up there just all just blaring through one speaker in front of the screen. And he's like, what the fuck? I just did all of this work and nobody's even hearing it. Keith, you know what I'm going to tell you real quick? Uh, I'll take this opportunity while our dedicated listeners who actually listen to the episode are listening. Uh, mm -hmm. I spoke to my friend uh, who's a casting director who worked with you recently on that uh, oh, yes. that thing you shot. You, uh, you were a hit, dude, of all the people oh, they yeah? spoke to. And they said, you know, they, they interviewed close to 600 people. You were the number one person they were everybody pumped about no shit and can i tell you something that uh i think i think our listenership is small enough that this this won't matter are, are we allowed to say it i don't know if we're allowed to say it she texted me this i think oh well then yeah i don't think we're allowed to say it but the, you know. the the other person on the show yeah, is that here that's we, rad right? yes super cool yeah it's unbelievable yeah. we'll we'll talk about it once the uh yeah. <laughs> once the once the uh, trailer comes i was gonna out. pause the i was gonna pause the recording i wasn't gonna spill it so Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that's yeah. They were. I mean, they were so so nice. And so hopefully, I'll I'll make the cut, and we'll see my fat face pretending made, he knows anything. You made anything. the cut. You made the cut. Okay, that's good. You and I are still unreconciled. Oh, I'm fine. Just doesn't bring me any particular joy to serve poached eggs to someone who calls me a cheater. 
See, the problem is, as a DA, you expect everybody to forgive your cheating as a professional courtesy. Oh, that's clever. Whoa! There's nothing wrong with the eggs. It's not the eggs. Uh-oh. Are you sick again? Wait. No, I don't think I'm sick. What's wrong with you, then? It's her. It's the alien? I'm in labor. Okay. Okay, uh, should, should I call go. She's in labor. No, call and the doctor, Trey. Okay. Make no reference I am going to, to get her, dressed. like, okay. almost dying on the table, the like, six okay. times Uh, it's packed. Uh, uh, okay, uh, what do I do oh, now? So she's wandering Come around, on. no problem. Okay. Like, she just didn't have major internal Did she change surgery. PJs? It was the blow just What's above that? her ear she that was PJs. most likely the fatal one. She did. How many times was she struck with the golf club, doctor? There were four independent fractures, so we know it this was at least that many times. Stephen Markle? How many? And the four. cause of death was a fractured skull. That's and correct. Kate Burton back? As In the, terms uh, of trajectory, GA? was this a case of the club being ben. swung downward? No. It came in quite level, almost like the perfect baseball swing. Yes. In fact, in your initial findings, you stated the killer was probably of sim- Hmm. The perfect baseball swing? Mike feels like that's coming back. Similar height yeah, to the think. victim. Didn't you, Doctor? Well, the area she was killed was on an incline. In your initial report, you stated the killer was probably of similar height to the victim. True or false, Doctor? True. Oh. But is. I amended it's that twerp. It's the twerp. Upon an examination of the terrain where she was killed, it became likely that the killer was standing at a downward slope from the victim. But you amended your finding before or after the DNA match to my client? I believe it was after. Linda Hunt? See, I'd find that compelling again. as a jurors. Lefkowitz, Jane. Lefkowitz, the first I'm pre-registered morning. killer was the same height as the victim. F-R-U-T-T? Yes, as in front. Listen, I, I know you're required by law to be as slow as humanly possible, but she's in a Zing. lot of pain here. Do you have any drugs on you? Okay, here we go. And uh, Dr. Lefkowitz knows that you're here? No, we actually thought we'd wait for you to call her. Yes, yeah, she's on her way. Can we get her admitted? She's having a baby. Who are you? I'm the father. We're pretending that she didn't have huge death defying surgery. We found the golf club like in the golf bag in the garage. 20 minutes ago. Did you dust for fingerprints? We did. All the prints matched the defense. This is John Although, Doman back as defective in. I didn't know Finley. I needed a Helen and uh, Eleanor like buddy cop show, but I'm into it. But it's fun, right? Yeah. Offended. Helen's unnecessarily rude all the time. It's great. We were able to scrape blood samples from inside the groove the, the face of the club. DNA test showed a genetic match with the victim. So under your theory, detective, the murderer took the weapon home and just left it in his own golf bag for it to be discovered. I'm sure he thought he had wiped it clean. This didn't seem a little handy. My client was having an affair with the victim. If she were to be killed, he would have to know that he would be considered a suspect. And he's going to take the weapon home and leave it in plain sight for it to be discovered with blood on it. As I said, he thought it was wiped clean. Was it washed? No. And these blood scrapings, were they microscopic? No. You could see the blood in the grooves. Yes. We just so saw you want us to TV, believe that my client to be the size of quarters. put the murder weapon in his own garage, in the open, without even looking to see if there was blood on it. Once again, our theory is that he didn't clean it as well as he thought he had. See, Did I you consider the possibility that somebody mm -hmm. else planted that claim? as well. In the course of a murder investigation, we exhaust all possibilities, counsel. Did you consider Elena Wharton? That woman over there. We did. We ruled her out. She was having an affair with my client. That's correct. 
and he broke How it off. How did get her yes. to be willing to Were you able to, to account for her whereabouts the on the night of the murder? She was working late in her law firm. Until what time? So I believe they, until around 9 o'clock. Their plan here is to divert attention away from they're going to plan B the wife by making it look like they're going to plan B the mistress. Okay, that, I get that. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Although I think if I were... <laughs> If I were Bay, I would probably expect them to plan B everybody, including the right. gardener. Uh, but how did they get the mistress? She's sitting in the back of the courtroom watching. And they clear, like, Jimmy got her to do that to be part of this whole scheme. But why? Why would she do that? Well, especially since they had a, a, a relatively contentious meeting uh when they were at the diner. Not, not, not only are you the mistress, but you just found out the guy you're cheating on her with is also sleeping with his stepdaughter. Like, I'm not sure I want to go in and do that guy any favors. True. And, or And to be the face of the mistress, like, hey, I'm the mistress. I'm the lady that was that the statutory rapist was also cheating with. Though it's possible, right? They pay... Um expert witnesses, right? Could could they not have paid her to potentially be called as a witness and then just not call her? Uh, I don't know if you're allowed to pay witnesses that are not expert mm. witnesses. Right. But, I mean, but they, I guess they she's, could have could done that. A, maybe she's an expert uh, mistress. <laughs> I'm an expert. Uh, uh, judge, permission to treat her as an expert on mistressing? <laughs> Grant, Linda Hunt, I feel like Linda Hunt would agree to that. (laughs) She went home. Can she account for her whereabouts for that whole night? No, but we formed the impression she was truthful. When you decided to rule her out as a suspect, that was a judgment, wasn't it, Detective? You couldn't possibly exclude her with evidence, could you? It was a judgment made by four different investigators with over 100 years of combined experience. You couldn't possibly exclude her with physical evidence. They're trying to make it look like she might be a suspect. Could why is she here? Why is she helping them? No. Oh, the side eye. Oh, the back eye. Oh, the triple side eye. Triple side eye. So they're gonna plan B the mistress. Eye. I should have guessed it. Well, they're not gonna come up very sympathetic. You should have guessed it, Richard Bay. In fact, I'm disappointed in you that you hadn't guessed it. And 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 like they're they're like, oh, I got him. As if like you hadn't you had to be thinking about this the whole time like that th- this is a situation where uh, where Kate Burton's character and Bay like are dumber than the character they're behaving dumber than the characters actually are trying to accuse her for this is what story they do convenience. they don't care how sympathetic they come off when they get desperate this is what they do well we may have to call her now to refute the idea so who's next. The forensic expert, then they should rest. We'll put up Raymond, get in his denial, then call the Ice Queen. Why would she agree to testify for him? Come on. Either because she believed me that he could possibly be innocent, or she's planning to betray him. Your guess is as good as mine. How's it going? So far, okay. Eleanor's in labor. What? Everything is fine. She's at the hospital and Helen's with her. Guys, I think we she can do a... But everything's... Parishioners, it is time to contemplate the answer to one of God's greatest mysteries. 
What the hell is Lucy wearing? Uh, so I'll take, I'll take, I'll start first. Lucy, okay. Welcome to the episode, Marla. By the way, uh, I guess she's been out getting lunch orders for quite a while. She's got dangly. I'm going to the Met Gala opening earrings on. Mm-hmm. Along and with, a necklace and like a showpiece Egyptian necklace, and then the frock. I'll let you kind of go with that one. It it looks like now if you remember like old twenties and thirties cartoons of like hobos, like like homeless people, like there were all of their their shirt was like stitched with a thousand different other pieces of fabric. So she's like half Met Gala and half like. Disney hobo cartoon from the 40s with like the paper bag and the jacket that looks like it's stitched out of a thousand other jackets. It's a, it's, it's, a, a, it's, it's a look. It's an odd combo. It's a look for sure. And and I'll and, and I will certainly point out that I would never use the word hobo in the context other than explaining this. So, so far, there. okay. Eleanor's in labor. What? Yes. Yeah, uh, when I was eight years old, I went to Halloween as a a, a proverbial uh, hobo. Um, and I say that interesting change in, in, you know, culture, I'll never forget buying the costume because on it, the package, it was actually titled happy hobo. Oh my God. Well, (laughs) the, the, the casual cruelty that we have all participated in, Mm -hmm. you know, in, in our childhoods and it's the, the people that we are being cruel to changes generation to generation but we're still we still have we just keep shifting the target in casual cruelty to various people who are disenfranchised and we dress up as them as children and, today and make that, cartoons that casual cruelty is dedicated to uh the tens and tens of listeners uh listening to us talk about this during the episode <laughs> of the show they came to listen to everything is fine she's at the hospital and helen's with her she doesn't want a crowd but everything's okay. Everything's completely fine. So Jimmy just spent began like having a three days in the hospital with her. It was like, about eh. three months prior to her death. Didn't happen, completely Mr. Fine. Littlefield, your 16-year-old stepdaughter. I well, all right, here, it. I have a... I... Conspiracy theory. I think in David E. Kelly's head, in the practice world... That episode of Gideon's Crossing is non-canon. I totally agree. In fact, I'd, I think he's I, like, "Fuck that!" Didn't I, happen. I would also recommend. I would also suspect they wrote this string of episodes before he wrote the Gideon's Crossing episode, and just kind of retconned that Eleanor through uh, arc for that show. I think that that's a good theory. I like that. I like that was guilty of despicable judgment. Are you aware that most people find you depraved? I suppose I am depraved. But I did not. Also, sorry, but when, she, when Eleanor is in the hospital here, she does ask for Dr. Lekovich. And when we were reading this script from last week, it was interesting because she kept they kept wanting Dr. Gideon's advice and Lekovich kept trying to interject and they were like, no, what we need to hear from Gideon. 
So it's interesting that now when she goes to have the baby, she's not asking for Dr. Gideon. She's asking for Dr. Lekovich, who they sort of shat all upon last week. Well, it's and that's because it's her actual doctor on the practice. <laughs> <laughs> I think the two shows might have hated each other. It seems. If not, it's just fun to just write that into the lore right now. <laughs> like in the ABC cafeteria, they're like, you're not sitting you at my table. How she was oh, killed Gideon. with one of your golf clubs? No. She had a lot of drug acquaintances. I wouldn't call them friends. And some of them came to the house, maybe one of them. I don't really know. All I can say, I was home that evening. I never left. I did not kill her. Traces of semen found on her. Which I did genetically not kill her. I did you. not. It had to be old semen because I didn't make love to her that day. That was some old ass semen. It was forgetting things. It had all kinds of aches and pains. It was very old <laughs> semen. <laughs> that is a sentence you, you never want to have. It was <laughs> old semen. I did not have somebody that tried to frame you, Mr. Littlefield? I don't know. Uh, Mr. Donald, I don't know if you've ever been married, but I can assure you it had been a long time since I had sex with my wife. All I do know is what I've already told you. I did not kill Fiona. Her blood may be on my golf club. My semen may have been found on her, but I didn't kill her. Ah, well, since you, well, since you say so, then okay. Oh, I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. How many times did you sleep with her? I'm not sure. More than 10. Take his ass, Kate. Probably. More than 20. I don't know. More than 30? It's possible. Your 16-year-old stepdaughter. I didn't kill her. Yes, and you also maintained vehemently that you didn't sleep with her, didn't you, sir? Yes. That was a lie, wasn't it, sir? Yes. You lied to the police, lied to your wife, everybody. Until they identified your semen on the corpse, then you decided to be truthful. Obviously, I wasn't proud of having an affair with my stepdaughter. Are you proud of killing her? I didn't kill her. Help us out, Mr. Littlefield. Who did? Objection! Sustained. You just happened to be home alone Welcome the night the that your stepdaughter was murdered. Yes. There's nobody who can verify that you never left your house. No. And your semen just happened to be on her. When was the last time you saw your daughter, Mr. Littlefield? That morning when she left for school. Never saw her again? No. She had swim practice that day, didn't she? Yes. And how did your semen manage to get on her after swim practice? I don't know. You don't know? Nothing further. Keith, I don't know when I missed it, but if they're claiming the semen was planted on the stepdaughter, yeah. when did he admit to having the affair? He admitted to having the affair after they discovered the semen. It's interesting. I, I wonder why he didn't try to continue to sit on that. Well, I, I mean, because they thought he had him. I mean, he, he thought they had him dead to rights because they had semen on her. But if he thought, if he didn't do it, right, mm -hmm. and he knew he did not have sex with her that day and knew that there were all these things that would have you know, uh, it would have gone away between the time he did. And then why didn't he double down and say, no, I never did it. Correct. Because Bec you, because either either way, you still look like a, 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 
you are still a rapist, and that's you're nullifying a ton of of, of reasonable doubt. It's much right, easier to be like, I've never know. slept with her. Definitely that semen was planted. I did not kill her or sleep with her. Like if if right. I'm fighting for because my life, he would he yeah. would know he would know that it was planted. Right. When they come back with it, and that even though it would have been there otherwise, he knew it was planted. So why? Yeah, exactly. Like he gave up ground he didn't need to give up. Yeah, that's what it seemed. Now, granted, I mean, we could you could make an argument that he's under oath and yada yada yada, but. Um, oh we, yeah, the integrity. Yeah, 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 sure. We're watching the practice, so integrity. Well, is for not this guy, yeah, yeah, the integrity this guy has. Yeah, great. The mistress is looking at. Him. She's pissed. She's like, I thought I was your mistress, but no, the daughter too. Right. Huh? He actually Let's did. Okay. Young as the mistress. You think? I'm not saying the jury liked him, but... Maybe the mistress did kill him. He held tough on the denial of killing her. Is there any chance you can win this on the elements? Uh, reasonable doubt? No. I don't know. Look, if you can avoid plan B, then do it. It's too risky. If you fail, you're done. I mean, if there's even Are a shot... Are you playing the drinking game at home, doubt, folks? Then... I just... He's a statutory rapist. The blood was on his club. He did sleep with her, and... And Kate Littlefield won't be easy. If we go after her and don't get her, it's over. I just don't feel like we got reasonable doubt. I just don't feel it. Jimmy? Me neither. Well, like Jimmy said, if you go after her, you better get her. Yeah. Yeah, make the stakes high. Exactly 21 minutes left, and uh, nobody... Oh, here we go. Here's Ellen. Why isn't anything happening? Helen. Oh, come on. It's been 24 hours. Helen. I want to break your water. It'll accelerate things. Isn't it supposed There's to break on a time? Mary Mara well, usually, as Dr. Yes, Muskowitz. We could wait. More of this? No, thank you. You're breaking her water? They shouldn't hurt. So was... was what's the actress's name? Uh, Mary Mara. Was Mary Mara guesting on Gideon's Crossing? I believe so, yes. I'm very concerned about Gideon's Crossing. <laughs> Nobody in the entire universe has go. given as much thought to Gideon's Crossing <laughs> in the last two uh -oh. weeks than we have. Baby's in D South, the court's compressed. What? Carol, fluid bolus to brutally, please. Okay, yeah, Eleanor, so I want you on your side. Now we're having more medical drama with the baby, and I think this lends credence to your to both of our conspiracy theories, actually. That A, the other the whole other episode was non-canon, but that this might have been written and possibly filmed before the Gideons thing, because this is an, a complete like redoing of that beat. Of the the babies in distress, what are they gonna do? And like we're about to go through the whole thing. That's the exact same thing that happened last week. Yeah, I don't week. know anything about like baby doctoring, but I would say that like if the the cord is wrapped or whatever the D cell or whatnot, like there would be there was no if she, all that shit had happened at Gideon's hospital or whatever hospital that was, uh, then she's a hot now a super high risk pregnancy, and they wouldn't have she super wouldn't have to go risk. through like admin at that. They would have. Brought her in in an no, ambulance. Yeah. They would have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She wouldn't have been like I'm, breaking water on the receptionist floor. And she also like would have. Uh, they would have had like a thousand ultrasounds and scans. They would have already known that. Maybe her you know, colleagues the, the would have showed 
one iota of concern. It wouldn't just be like Mama Helen here. And like Jimmy would have remembered that he did all of that. <laughs> What's going on? Give us a hand. What is wrong? I bet it was filmed after. I bet, you, I bet you're right. We're okay. I just want to see if the baby likes his position a little better. Yeah, well, what if she doesn't? Just give it a sec. Baby can't breathe. Just suck the oxygen, Eleanor, okay? I'll just ask a few questions like we talked about, then I'll be done. It's basically just to demonstrate to the jury that you'll be with him. Which I'm not necessarily. Kate, you'll be under oath. Okay. Go ahead. I'll meet you in there. She is reasonably suspicious of them. You gonna go after her on direct? No, I'll wait till I have to cross. What about Jenny? I made sure she won't be in the room. I told her we just need her back for closings. Okay. Showtime. Who knows? It's Maybe she is taking a showtime. That would be nice. I can't believe we don't have a plan B bumper yet. How's she doing? Guys, if you're out there, want to make us a plan B bumper? Send it. Out of practice podcast at gmail.com. Lucy has now done a slight costume change into uh, slightly toned down earrings. She's only going to a, let's say, a fancy party, not a ball. Uh, however, it's like an Arby's gala. However, an opal necklace, a leopard mm -hmm. print dress, and some sort of fur boa. <laughs> yep, sounds about right. The umbilical cord. What? Oh, I'm glad okay? they started getting Gonzo again. She was dressing normal for like half the season. I mean, maybe somebody could call Eleanor. I mean, getting just updates or from anybody Lucy else seems weird. would necessarily, you know, what are we waiting outside? But you know what, Keith? Her no cause for up. concern. We're back. She's What's fine. going on? I want you to lay on your side like this, Eleanor. She likes this position better. Paige, anesthesiologist. Could you tell me what's going on? The cord's wrapped around the baby's neck. <laughs> then well, do a C-section. Get the baby out. Well, I don't think Eleanor should undergo another procedure if we can help it. Just save the baby. What I'd like to try is something called amnio-infusion. Basically, we fill your uterus up with water, try and float the baby into a better position. I don't know what you do. You save the baby. I want to save this you This feels both. like a promise we've it's, made before. It's the exact same beat we had last week. Although, it's so funny. I, I feel like I remember Jen saying that. <laughs> I was sure he didn't do it. Why were you so sure? Because I know Raymond. He's a peaceful man. The idea that he would ever take a golf club and I just couldn't conceive that he could ever be capable of that. Ma'am, did you play high school softball? Do you have a pretty even swing? Have you ever known him to act violently towards your daughter? No, I haven't. On the days leading up to your daughter's death, did Raymond say or do anything to suggest that he intended to harm your daughter? He did purchase no. a bunch of Tupperware, which was interesting. Thank you, Mrs. Littlefield. No, she did. Oh, right. I ordered for it, used his credit card. Is he kidding? What else could he really ask? Why call her? Ms. Alexander. So th you this can't is play me, why, bitch! This is them being dumber than the characters. <clears throat> they they have to know at Could that point what's happening. Could you ever conceive that you're... Well, I mean, it is Richard Bay, and his track record is 
not strong. His track but, record is bad, but that's because the writers have decided to make him lose. He's actually really good. He just loses because the writers need him to. You know, what is interesting, though, that the, like the second they promoted him to like full cast member, he had a couple of runs, and then he's been like noticeably absent recently. Yeah, why is he second chair here? I mean, I love Kate Burton, but why is he second chair? Statutory rape against your daughter. No. It's like the Eagles. He hires so a coach, you didn't wins the Super like Bowl, thought, then you fire him for some nobody. No. Mm-hmm. And after his well, semen was found on your daughter. Sports ball. Are you still convinced that he didn't kill her, Mrs. Littlefield? Those strings, Keith. Strings. Mrs. Littlefield, are you still convinced of your husband's innocence, yes or no? Hell no! Oh, ah. No. Oh, thank there you. it is. Yes, thank you. Oh, Bobby. Oh, he's like a Mr. shark. Donald, redirect. The water is chummed. She's the softball. Oh, we're gonna Mr. get the Donald plan B of our club. lifetime right here. I'm gonna. We're gonna back out of commentary and just let Bobby do his thing. It's plan B time. Time to put this B to bed. Oh, no chance, Keith. <laughs> it, it's plan B time. Now your husband, your rapist husband's husband dead. dead. There plan we go. Plan B time. I was not ready for that. <laughs> Copyright, Mike and Keith, 2021. <laughs> Somebody's ringtone. Where were you the night your daughter was murdered? I beg your pardon? Permission to treat the witness as hostile. What's going on? There's no foundation. She's not on trial here. Your Honor, I'd like to be able to cross-examine this witness. Objection! This is a murder trial. I should be allowed a wide latitude to examine this witness. I'm not sure where you're headed, but go ahead. But I like you. Where were you the night of the murder, Mrs. Littlefield? Excuse me? I'd like you to answer my question. Her? I was at a school board meeting for Fiona and Jenny's school. You left at what time? Around 9 o'clock, maybe a little later. Came home when? A little bit before 10. Can anybody verify that you went directly home? Are you suggesting that I'm involved in my daughter's... Can anybody verify you went directly home? Raymond was asleep when I got home. So the answer is no. I object. Overruled. What was your relationship with your daughter Fiona? at the time of her death. Your Honor. Mrs. Littlefield, please answer the question. Was your relationship with Fiona estranged at the time of her death? I wouldn't call it estranged, no. So if your husband and your daughter Jenny called it estranged, they would be mistaken. No, Fiona and I had our problems, so what? In fact, her drug problems, her drug friends threatened your social standing, didn't it? That's ridiculous. Your testimony suddenly and conveniently seemed to damn your husband. That was a bit of a surprise. Did you pretend to be supporting him so we would put you up there where you could then torpedo him? Objection! Sustain! Upon Fiona's death, you became sole beneficiary of a $2 million trust, didn't you? I am wealthy exclusive of that trust, Mr. Donald. You're wealthy or your husband is? We are. We're married. Yes, and if you got divorced, you would lose half that estate, wouldn't you? Objection! By sending Mr. Littlefield off to prison, you could technically stay married, keep all the money, 
and not have to live with him. That works out well, doesn't it? You've got to be kidding me. You're a smart lady, Kate. I should have figured it out. Objection! Sustain! You found out about your husband having an affair with Elena Wharton, didn't you, Kate? Get her, Bobby. So Get her. what? And you were furious. Then you found out he was sleeping with Fiona. Objection! Overruled. You made love to your husband the day before the murder. That's how you got the semen. Then you planted it on your daughter after you killed her. Objection! You tried to frame him. Your Honor! Mr. Donald! Which is what you're doing with your testimony. Did you do it, Kate? Mr. Littlefield! Did you kill her? Mr. Littlefield, sit down. Yeah! Just making soap opera eyes in the background. It That's does all seem she's to done. be the question, Mrs. Littlefield. Oh, she's all ready to cry. Did you kill your daughter? Did you tell You're her disgusting, Mr. Donald. Are you avoiding the question? No, I did not kill my daughter. Shit. He did. Which is exactly what someone who was trying to frame him would say. Yeah. That is the that is the biggest failure of a plan B we've ever seen. Well, I mean, I don't think the plan B only works if they confess. I know, but it it, it seemed very desperate. But well, and she held up really well. Mm-hmm. I had so many the jury. jokes, so many I wanted to make during that, but I, I felt like we should just let them see. But uh, sorry, I'm I, really I, glad you kept them sealed. Yeah. That's. Oh wait, what's that sound? Um, the uh, <laughs> gross. They, but even in that high drama scene, that practice, and we talked about this earlier in the episode, and we'll talk about it during spare tires. They do what they do so well in this show is like they gave it some room to breathe. They let those high strings just kind of like vamp, and they let us get those close up shots of the high tension moments. It, it doesn't need to be all super cuts and 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 fast dialogue. We can we can achieve a lot of. Suspense with just simple silence, not silence, yep. you know, uh, stillness. What is the motive? Did I go far enough? I think so. I mean, there wasn't anything else to go after her with. We rattled her anyway. I, I wasn't sure we would. <sighs> wow. Yeah. So, what now? I doubt they'll recross. They may have a couple of cleanup witnesses, then it's closing arguments. We take what we just tried to manufacture and argue it as best we can. Okay. Nice touch, Raymond. Getting up like that. I didn't know you were such a good actor. Oh shit, Bobby knows, what's up? Yeah. Bobby definitely just accused him of murder. They had to fill up her uterus? They're trying to swish the baby around into a better position. Is it working? They don't know. Eugene? Eleanor. How, how can they oh, not know? Eleanor. Everybody showed there. up. Yeah. She's labored down. Okay, then. Let's get you on your back, see if the infusion worked. Okay. Oh. It's time to push Eleanor. She's okay. Was ever stay and stay. Today in school, Keith, I learned that uh, 125 is a good heartbeat for a baby. 
Good job. Yeah, yeah, that's a good heartbeat. They're, they're smaller. Out. Hearts beat faster. <laughs> I Why also learned take... that if a baby is ever having trouble, you can shoot water up the mommy's vagina and float it to the top. That's a medical this procedure. A, this is... This might be the most uncomfortable uh, character you've ever created. <laughs> the murder weapon. Back to his own it's house. It's time. Time to put your case to bed. It's closing time. Except for Eleanor's vagina. Otherwise you cry instead. Closing time. <laughs> oh, boy. Not even wash it. <laughs> Stick it in his golf bag. Come on. This so man this point, was framed. Bobby is working the blood hard left for the money because he knows that it's bullshit. Who had access to that golf club, ladies and gentlemen? That's his hunch anyway. Who was in a position mm -hmm. to get a semen sample? The woman who was estranged from the victim. The woman who would inherit $2 million upon the victim's death. The woman who would get three times that much if she got sole control over her husband's estate. And what better way to do that? than to frame him for a crime that would give him a life sentence in prison. She did it. She had no alibi for at least an hour that night. The initial coroner's report said that the killer was the same height as the victim. She did it. She had opportunity, motive. Kate Littlefield committed this crime. She endured her husband having an affair that with Elena Ward. Sale, Bobby. Then, when she discovered he was sleeping with her it's daughter, not, she would not a good hand endure here. that. Raymond didn't suspect her. Who could? His own wife? The victim's mother? But as she sat up in that witness chair, pretending to be testifying for him, then only quickly to cave and sink him on cross, it hit me. She even went so far as to set herself up as the ideal defense witness. She is smart, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe smart enough to get away with murder. It's preposterous. That's all I can say. He's admitted he's been sleeping with her. She's found dead with his semen on her. The murder weapon is his golf club. And defense counsel, recognizing how insurmountable the evidence is against his client, has concocted this ridiculous tale. The absurdity of it would be comical if it weren't so cynical. And yes, depraved. As a ploy to rustle up some doubt, they employed this Pearl Harbor attack against the mother of the victim. These lawyers Which have done I think this is before. Not as strong as the sloppiness the of the murder. Argue the case, Ms. Alexander, not the attorneys. The case is this man raped his 16-year-old stepdaughter. And then he murdered her. Three, four, five, push! There's no motive for him to kill her. Yes. Okay. So that there you go. I was gonna say that's the strongest argument that somebody's made, Keith. Like I was gonna say, the only person with you bring up. I was just about to say that they haven't refuted any of the hard physical evidence. Just saying, oh, uh, okay, we found the man's sperm on the dead body is hard to refute that with. Oh, somebody put it there. Like unless you can show that someone potentially did that. Like 
you have to refute scientific evidence. Now, pointing out that there's no motive, that's actually a stronger argument. You've just made the best case for him better than our, our clients. Now, Bobby is much better looking than you, and... Uh, truly, yeah. You know, that does hold quite a bit of weight, so we'll, we'll see. I, I, I've been wrong many times on this show. I don't see twofold. I don't see that how he's... If I'm a jurist right now with what I've been presented, he's guilty. Not only that, I don't see how the show is benefited in any way, like the the big arc of the show, by having him mirac- them miraculously win the case. You know what I mean? Yeah, I. If I'm on the jury here, I, I'm really torn. I'm I'm really torn because I think the there is a lot of evidence that he did it. I think their plan B. It makes me think but I'm not convinced it's her. The I think that the holes that they have put out in terms of the, the sloppiness of the murder, like this guy is clearly smart. The fact that he wouldn't wipe the blood off of his, off of the murder weapon, that gives me pause. The, the height thing, uh, you know, the initial report saying that it was somebody the same height, that gives me pause I'm I'm if I'm on the jury, I really don't know where what direction to go in at this point. I don't you think know, either side has convinced me. All those things give you pause and stuff, but like I the, this is where I kind of wish the show would exp- it's not the show. I know it's not the show. But I wish those things would be explored. But it's funny because TV as a whole had yet to really get into it. Like I'm a nerd for the actual exploration of the scientific evidence, right? That's why shows like uh medical shows like House or or you've got Bones or you've got CSI, you know, shows the TV sort of evolved into. Oh, actually, the 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 dramas in those details. Let's have make shows ex- really extrapolating those stories out. Yeah. That's not what this show is, right? So I have to, but right. TV hadn't quite yet got there. Well, and I it honestly like if if we want to go science, right? Uh, and you know, not that I necessarily want to talk about semen for that long, but if it was a couple of days older than the body, right? Like, wouldn't there be some sort of evidence there? Wouldn't, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't there be like, how old is this sample? Yeah. Has it been, has it been frozen? Has it not been frozen? Like what? Yeah. I'm sure they I want to know because like, there's all this blood evidence. So you can say, oh, this blood is X days old. If I'm not mistaken, and let's continue on. But I I thought that once outside the body, semen lasted seconds to minutes like it's very no it, does, it doesn't last yeah but and and yes of course so it that dead is dead but i imagine there would be some sort of evidence of preservation or evidence of degradation or something are know. you a semen expert write in out of practice podcast at gmail.com and let us know doing great no i'm not yes you are going baby. and tom brady is taking his first snap in the nfc championship Oh shit! I gotta, I gotta pause it. I gotta turn it on What's and up? pause it. Next part, oh. Are you worried about Linda being unethical, Bobby? Close the door. Mama's gotta give you a talking to, Bobby. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume you have a good faith belief that the wife might possibly be the killer. I do. I'm also going to assume that when you called her to the stand as your witness, she had absolutely no idea what you had in store for her. 
You and I disagree a lot, Bobby. But underneath all our disputes and even our occasional anger, there's always been a respect. I no longer respect you, Bobby. Oh, shit! I tell you this not because I don't like you, but rather because I do. I always have, and I know you know that. They've done some bad Plan Bs before. This is the first time she's felt this way? No, I There's feel no like we've had this exact scene before. <laughs> I, I genuinely think these two characters have had this exact scene before. I was going to go and try to find it, but then I didn't. Okay, well, since you didn't, let me just, I'll bring up. So you're telling me that they have brought an actual monkey into your office before that traipsed around <laughs> the whole office and that That's you didn't true. lose your respect at that point. It took this where he's trying to defend a man in murder. Well, yeah. Your ethical compass has become so skewed that you recently found yourself on trial for felony murder oh, for which that. you quite rightly should have been convicted. Oh, she just said I don't know what was more despicable so too. what you did or the look of adrenaline in your eyes while doing it. She could be I mean, guilty. It's, it's a great But that's scene. irrelevant to you. And she's it great. It was the love of the game I saw in your eyes. You I had a client dead to right, and it was the ultimate challenge. And you had fun today, Bobby. A lot of people when they have children, they start over a little, morally, or they start looking at themselves through the eyes of their children. Win or lose, Bobby, I'd like you to go home tonight and hold your son. It does feel like she's step. She's reaching a little bit. How much longer, Helen? You're doing so great, Eleanor. I can see I that. that was devastating. Oh, I don't disagree, but like, it's pretty aggressive. It's like if if okay if if you if we're close enough as friends for me to have this kind of heart to heart with you, then I should not be presiding over your cases. It, that is a very good point. That is a very good point. She's almost there. They can see the head. She isn't far away, Eleanor. One more push. Are you ready? No! She can see the One head? One more push. Here we wait, go. Wait, wait, wait. Back that up. Back back that up. I, I, don't, I just clocked that for the first time. So, or did she say I can see the head or they can see the head? Because she's standing in the hallway. Is that door <laughs> open? That baby, that is a, I, you know what? I'm going to retract everything I was about to say. I'm not saying that on the internet. Thank God. She's almost there. They can see the head. They can She's see She's a far head. away, okay. Eleanor. Right. One more push. Are you ready? No! One more push. I'm Here glad we, we clarified. I heard one more push. One more push. Oh, you're doing great. Okay, okay. I lied. One more push, but that was good. Take a deep breath and push that baby out. Playing everything for comedy. Oh, my God. That sounded like she was being killed. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
She is beautiful. Uh, she is lazy perfect. birthright she's beats in every TV show ever. Oh, that's a big oh, ass baby. Yeah. Holy shit. Holy not, shit. Not 40 like last time, but it's like half the size of Cameron. Yes, she is. Have you thought of a name? Nugget. No wonder she had all those medical problems. Keep this the baby's like in. 40 pounds. That baby is 21 years old today. I believe it. No, I mean like literally. Li oh, oh, did you actually look it up? No, 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 no. I mean, I can do math. <laughs> can you though? 20, I guess. <laughs> Zoe. At least they put like some Zoe's goober on beautiful. its head. It's not like, you know how sometimes they like show babies that just came out and they're like all like washed <laughs> and everything? Ugh. Yeah. You know, I take that back. I don't need to see that goober. Had a lot of uncomfortable conversations about various fluids. You know, Keith, I just, I'm a mature adult. I don't know why you can't handle it. <laughs> the jury's back, and this just in, they are white. Yeah. So, he'll, he's fine, though. <laughs> he's a rich white guy. Oh, why? Take it back. We have, we have a minority. Central Casting, thank you. Thank, oh, thank you, know, you 2000 Central Casting. You know, before we get to the verdict, I would like to point out that not last week, but the week before, uh, you did a huge, excited announcement of Eleanor's baby. And that went on for about a half an hour before you realized it wasn't Eleanor's baby. We Eleanor literally just had the baby in front of us. And we're mm -hmm. like, yeah, whatever, get to the verdict. Yeah, well, there you go. There you have it. Um, yeah. We, we cried baby too many times. I, guess I blew my load, so to speak. Um, oh, Jesus, Lord. Uh, I will also point out that you, as the, the, the slate of an episode, uh, put the picture of Eleanor holding Lindsay's baby, which uh, caused friend of the show, Leanne Wrights, to yell spoiler alert. And she's <laughs> wrong, but not wrong. Mm, mm, fair enough, fair enough. Defendant will please rise. They do do a a, a verdict. Madam Foreperson, well has the jury reached a verdict? They do. We have attention. What say you? Commonwealth versus Raymond Littlefield, on the count of murder in the first degree, we find the defendant Raymond Littlefield not guilty. Not guilty. Oh, what? Silence! Everyone, be quiet. Members Good of job, the jury, Bobby. this completes your service. Thank you. Mr. Littlefield, you are free to go, and we Hates are to be attractive, Keith. It really does. It really does. I, I've never seen that for me. I'd I, I love to have that, but we can't all be uh, Dylan McDermott. No, he get a pretty good stink eye from Linda Hunt right now. Oh, Kate, you did it. You and the jury saw it. Get him out of here. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, my Bobby's got to oh. know. Great job. We thought you'd be pleased. 
Oh, you think I'm guilty now? I have no idea, Raymond. I bill you either way. Shit. Zing. The daughter wants in. Not with the mother. It's just her. Raymond. Is the daughter gonna kill the father? Something else has happened. Something's coming. I'll talk to her. Did she we make it through all a... the metal detectors? Proud of yourself, Dad? Sweetheart, listen to me. I didn't kill your sister. I swear I didn't. It's possible mom... She didn't kill her. Trust me. Yeah, Keith, I called it! Neither did you, I know. But don't you think any man who screws both of his stepdaughters deserves to rot in jail? Wait, he's sleeping with her too? I called it! I double, triple called it! Oh my god! Oh! Oh my god! Guys! It is the first time that Mike has called the episode exactly correct! He got every element of the episode right when what Mike thinks gonna happen exactly, exactly oh happened. Oh my god! Holy shit! Oh my god, I just whipped it right out of my ass. Into correct. Oh! Oh my god, I am so. So proud of you. And it's, Holy even, it's shit. even badly written. It's not even a great reveal, to be honest. You completely nailed it. I'm looking for the big applause. I can't find it. It's also stupid on her part, isn't it? Because he can't be tried so, again, but she can. She sure can. She And she is not their client. In love with her, too. I, she's got some shit eating, eating grin on her face, like she got away with something here. And she just confessed to murder. I feel bad for the sister. I mean, if all this was despite your dad for fucking both of you, then right? Jeez. Or your stepdad. Bobby looks confused. It's not that confusing, Bobby. The beat reads pretty, pretty evenly. It was, it was pretty straightforward. All right, I found it, Mike. This is for you. Way Are we to closing go. with that? We're not going to close with Eleanor. That's it. Okay, wow. Holy shit. Okay, so I'm gonna we're gonna revel in that excitement a little bit more, but uh after this uh brief blip on the radar as we go back to uh the YouTubes. Back to the YouTubes, folks. And we are back, baby. Guys, if you missed it, and you shouldn't have, uh in what does Mike think's gonna happen, Mike? Fucking nailed it. We are all very, very proud of you for nailing that. So uh, before we do the oopsies, let us have a chance to, because you already kind of did. You already said what happened, but here's, let's see how you recap your own rightness in... Mike has 30 seconds to remember what just happened on the show. Wow, fancy. Hey, y'all, everybody's pissed because Bobby's plan being the mom. Uh, the dad, Bobby thinks the dad did it. Uh, Eleanor's having another catastrophe, but she's also doing a comedic beat with Helen, but she's having her baby in the hospital. Bobby's plan being everybody. Linda Hunt's like, yo, Bobby, you shouldn't plan B. You should hold your, you should rethink everything. Bobby finally does the plan B. It happens to work. The jury finds the guy not guilty, but then the daughter who I predicted killed the sister came in and admits she killed the sister and then Eleanor holds a goober baby. <laughs> yes. 
well done. Oof. Wow. That was uh that was very impressive. You Thanks, want to know buddy. what else is impressive? Our award show. It's time for Play the Oops video. <laughs> Oh, we did so well. Oh, there we go. Out of Practice Podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present... Oopsie. The Oopsies! Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now... Here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the oopsies? Well, Jackie, they're the fake award show we do quickly because the football has already started. That begins with... I'll make it quick. Uh... Bobby does the things we love Bobby for. I mean, I know Linda mm-hmm. Hunt has a problem with it, but this is what I, I want Eugene running the office so Bobby can just focus on being morally confused, but playing being the shit out of people, being good looking, and winning murder cases he has no right winning. Yeah, and I I, I hate to say it, like I, and you know me, nobody loves to moralize more than I do. Nobody loves to be pompously, uh, morally upstanding more than I do. But frankly, Bobby's just doing his job. Mm-hmm. His job is he took an oath to zealously defend his clients, and he did. It might have been shitty for everyone involved, but they paid him money to do that shit. So, uh, and he was successful. So, congratulations, Bobby Donald, on your MVL. It's now time for, guys, <clears throat> limber up, get, get stretched. It is time for the choreography of... Already famous because you've been on TV. Getting a paycheck. Or first entry on your IMDb. Way to go. But you're the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor on the episode. Um, you you know, I thought uh, uh, Doctor Lekovich was great. Um, I thought you know I I'm I'm gotta think about this for a minute, Keith. So I'm gonna let you go first. Okay. Uh, yeah, I thought Isabella Hoffman as Kate Littlefield getting Plan B did an excellent job. I think I think she she really did. I thought she was. Uh, I I think I learned the character was innocent through her performance. And I think that is actually pretty useful. Um, but for me, as much as it might have been a repeated beat, I thought Linda Hunt's takedown of Bobby, even though I don't necessarily agree with the with what she's coming from, I thought she did such a good job of uh, eviscerating Bobby. So for me, it goes to Linda Hunt. I'm gonna go with your first uh, your your first explanation actually sold me. Uh, the plan B scene was really good, so I think we have a split ski this week. So, uh, congratulations, Linda Hunt and Isabella Hoffman on your best guest actor awards. Now it's time for. You killed your podiatrist or blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best 
actor on the show. Eleanor gave great baby. Uh, yeah. Helen was great. Good Everybody's baby. great. Really enjoyed Eugene's understated work. Uh, Steve uh, Steve Harris's work this week as well. Understated but great. But uh, I think two lines. But yeah, I think uh, Dylan McDermott, being the quintessential Bobby Donald this week, has to get our nod. Yeah. No, I I think he did. Uh, Bobby did great bobbying, and yeah. uh, that's what we want to see him do. We want to see my favorite Bobby is Bobby in the courtroom, bobbying it up, all Bobby style. So uh, congratulations, Dylan McDermott. On your best actor award. Coming up next, he is on the field right this minute in Lambeau. Let's see what he gets. The Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. Uh, last week's Tom Brady Award right here. Was uh, Tom Brady waiting for Keith's apology, which is never going to happen. You guys, I, But I also will not apologize for not even having done the graphic yet. <laughs> That's why uh, you don't have it. That's right. Uh, we'll see if it gets here by tomorrow. Um, uh, this one's tough because there was a lot of sex stuff in this episode and then baby stuff on the other side, and we've done a lot of Tom Brady with babies and stuff. So uh, mm-hmm. this week, uh, Keith, I'm going to do one of the, the, the few times. I'm going to let you off the hook, and I'm going to let you pick it, and I'll do the Photoshop. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. <clears throat> the this week's Tom Brady word for being Tom Brady is just how long have you been in that Tupperware, Tom Brady? <laughs> I earned that. Okay. <laughs> this week, uh, Tom Brady. Though, just how long have you been in that Tupperware, Tom Brady? Uh, wins this week's award for the Tom Brady word for being Tom Brady, and that brings us to, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. For me, it's a shame that we that we it, we non-canoned the Gideon's Crossing crossover because I, the only thing about the episode that's sort of like was unnecessary to me was all of the Eleanor bits. I, I love Eleanor. I love that she's having the baby. I feel bad that it gets the B story, but this episode was firing on all cylinders as just an, a one-story story. We got all the things we love. We got the plan B. We got... We got that great tension of when you don't really know if the guy's guilty or innocent, but Bobby's fighting for him anyway. Bobby has his own opinions. We're being presented some some evidence, some red herrings, all kinds of stuff. Uh, but in the end, I thought it was a it was a great, a pretty good episode, if if a little uneven. I, I just feel like we've hit a lot of these beats before, but now we can see them sort of weighing on Bobby, and uh, you know. I still was excited at the end. I still wanted to know what was happening. I'm really happy to have have called it if by accident. And uh but it it's it doesn't stand out as one of the bests. Uh but it's a great episode of television. Even 20 years later, it excited me quite a bit. So I'm going to give it 7.36 spare tires. Uh yeah. That that's yep. that's that's what yeah I'm okay about. yeah I I agree with you on a lot of that oh okay <laughs> here we go here we go here we go yeah I I uh I liked a lot of the beats I thought the 
thought the case was interesting. And I thought the ambiguity of the case was interesting. And I really did like that. Um, I did, however, find the the twist at the end, however, uh, remarkably called uh, by you, a little ham-fisted. And it's a little, it's starting to become a bit of a, the practice trope where the there, the twist killer comes in and confesses it at the last second for no reason and at great peril. And uh, this one felt not quite as well set up as mm-hmm. as the others. Um, I, if this was where you were you were going, I think there might have been a more compelling way to get us here. It felt a little just thrown in at the end to make sure that we have a twist at the end. Um, and like you executed so much of it so well. And like I said, on the jury, if I'm on the jury in that case, I don't really know where to go. I don't I don't know whether he's guilty or not. Right. And I would have liked that to be set up just a little bit better so it doesn't feel like a uh a mid M Night Shyamalan twist. <laughs> you know what it like the first one was so great. And then he got better again recently, but there was like six movies in a row where like, oh, here comes the twist. And it was like, I don't know. I feel like that could have been executed better. Um, The Eleanor stuff was, it it was sort of a retread of what happened on Gideon's Crossing, but also like a lesser in all categories. The Hmm. stakes were less. All of the beats are your obvious baby beats, (laughs) you know, for every TV show has these exact same baby beats. Right. And I think it was just a little bit phoned in. It was a little bit uh, plug and play. And so uh, when you have somebody of Cameron's stature and her, her abilities, you have, I don't know, just tell a more interesting baby story. And that was the same thing with Gideon's Crossing too. Like, tell a more interesting story. Right. These are not, like, both of the stories were just not that compelling, both from a medical standpoint or as a character standpoint. We learned nothing about Eleanor through this. It was, you know, like baby plot, you've, you've plot A, plot B, plot C. This was plot B of, like, TV baby stories. And it just was a little bit like, yeah, okay, sure. If I were like, if I needed to hammer out a, a script in half an hour, I'd probably use one of those stories. But, right. you know, you're you're a gazillion Emmy-winning show with gazillion Emmy-winning actors. Just tell a more interesting story. That's what I have to say about the Eleanor baby thing. Uh, so as a result, I think... I didn't like this episode as much as you did. I I found it interesting, but at the end it wasn't that great. It was it was a little bit it felt a little bit like fast food to me. It was fast food practice. So I'm going to give it uh 6.17 spare tires. Uh just not necessarily on the episode itself because it's a good episode of television. It's just compared to what it could be. I'm grading yeah, it's like your it dad when you got itself. that when you got a B on that test, Keith, and he was like, you know, it's I'm not mad at you, Keith. I'm just a, I'm just a little disappointed. Exactly, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. So, uh, so there it is. Those are your numbers. 
And uh, you have gotten through another episode of the Out of Practice podcast. If you would like to join the conversation, and please join us, it will improve the conversation. I guarantee it. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Out of Practice Podcast. You can email us directly at Out of Practice Podcast at gmail.com. You can go and see our rankings on the Out of Practice Podcast.blogspot.com blog. You can do us a gigantic favor and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other podcasting service of your choice. Just let us know. You can join the jury. The Out of Practice Podcast is brought to you by generous donations from Leanne Wrights, CloudLover69, Jorge Novoa, and Jennifer Masanova. If you'd like to join them, you can do so by clicking on the links in our show notes. Or you know what? This week, if you'd like to save those pennies and purchase Keith's book, you can also find those links in the show notes. It's going to be a hell of a good time. I'm getting mine in the mail any day now. Ah. Uh, yeah, as soon guys, as you order one. Welcome to... Welcome to an, I'm still reading the spec copy of your other, cop, uh, your other book. That's true. Uh, you know what, folks? Uh, we appreciate you joining us. No need to get out that Tupperware. We're giving you free samples of our own great podcast goodness every week. Uh, so you can go ahead and warm it up in the microwave with some laser sounds. What? Oh no, <laughs> that might be worse than your last one. Laser sounds, oh my lord. <laughs>